Welcome to the podcast of Life Change Church, where we exist to love people to life change. We hope that this podcast is both challenging and encouraging to you. Enjoy the message. All right, well, hey, good morning. I'm excited you're here today on this uh, Veterans Day weekend. If, uh, just a quick special thanks. If you did serve, we just want to say thank you. Man, it just means an incredible amount to us. And for you guys, you are a true definition of overcomers in certain things, in certain areas of life, and really as our country and serving our country in that way. So again, huge thank you to those that served. I know we have many of you that have served within this uh, congregation, so it's just amazing. But I'm excited you're here today, too, as we are jumping into a brand new series that we will go over with the next four weeks entitled Overcomer. And for me, when I hear the word overcomer, I get a little fired up, right? And like it's, it's just a great word. It's something that just gets me uh, all just kind of jacked up. I get excited, and I immediately think of something Super spiritual. I think of the movie Rocky, right? Some of you guys are thinking like, dude, what? Like there's Bible verses, Corbin. There's songs. Like there's Christian songs. There's good motivational quotes. Nope. Rocky Balboa, right? I'm talking like incredible. Now, what's amazing about this though is my wife, believe it or not, has never ever watched the Rocky movies with me. I can, what a shame. Like it's amazing. I mean, we're still married. We're going to make it through it, right? How many of you are Rocky fans, right? All right, we've got we've got quite a few. I like it. I like it. I mean, it's the love story in Rocky. For those of the ladies that haven't watched it, the love story in Rocky. I mean, it's better than the Notebook. So, but not only that, you have this guy who overcame so many things. Right? You have this guy that grew up in the streets of Philly, like no chance, and he goes and becomes the heavyweight champion of the world. And yes, it did take two movies to get there, but still, it was awesome, right? And then Rocky Three, you have him beating Clubber Lang, which is Mr. T. And listen, in the 1980s, nobody beat Mr. T, right? But Rocky did. Like, he gets you fired up. And then Rocky Four, you have the, the Ivan Drago, the Russian, and Rocky again comes out victorious. And then what you have Rocky Five and Babo. We don't talk about those ones, right? <laughs> but you have this, and he's jumping up, and he's running. One of the iconic scenes is he's running up the stairs. You see him, and then he gets to the top, hands up, all fired up. He's ready to go. And it, I don't know, it just gets me pumped up. You hear the music, it gets you pumped up. You hear the, the tune, Eye of the Tiger, and listen, I'm ready to go just chase things down. I'm going to go conquer. I'm going to go beat hell with a squirt gun because that's, that's, you get you fired up, right? I don't know, for me, it's, it's Rocky. But here's what I want us to know. I think we all like a story of an underdog, right? If you think about it, we like the story of an underdog. I mean, college sports and, and college football season right now, we're in the middle of it, and I know we live in Ohio, so... We don't know what that's like because we root for the Ohio State Buckeyes. But last night was an incredible night. We saw LSU beat Alabama. And for you Alabama fans, I'm sorry for your loss. But it felt good to see somebody take down Alabama, right? We like the underdog story, right? We like the story of somebody that overcomes. We love a story of an overcomer. And here's what I want you to understand through this series. You are an overcomer. Through Christ, you are an overcomer. Right? The story of an underdog is your story. Right? The story of coming through and breaking through and defeating things, it's your story through Christ. You are an overcomer. So if you have your Bibles, we will go look at some Scripture. Don't, I won't just talk about Rocky all day. But we do have some Scripture for you. If you have your Bibles, go with me. 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. And again, if you don't have your Bible, we always challenge you to download the YouVersion Bible app. Incredible resource to put on your phone or tablet. Or you can take the Bible with you wherever you go. And we're going to be jumping to some different scriptures that we'll put up on the screen here. But if you want to, you can download this now. You can highlight it. There's some scriptures that you want to take with you as well. And this is one of them. 
is 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. And if you look at this, the book of 1 John is really a letter written to some of the early believers in church history. And these early believers, they were facing a crisis. Like they, they came to the point where they were really hitting the struggle. Like they were on the struggle bus big time, right? There they are. They're at this breaking point in their faith. They're wanting to give up. And then the author, who is most likely the Apostle John, says this. And he says this in 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. He says, for everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Right? For everyone born of God. In fact, if you look at it, who's born of God? Who's born of God? In the first verse, it says, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. So when we believe that Jesus is the Christ, when we believe that Jesus is the Messiah, that God sent his son for each and every one of us, we're born of God. And because of that, we can overcome the world. Because of that, we are an overcomer. Those who believe the gospel. Again, God sent his son for each and every one of us, lived a perfect life, died on a cross, was risen again so that he could have a connection with us, but also so that we could have his power, so that his power could go and work in and through us so that we could be overcomers. For those who've accepted him as as his Lord and Savior, for those who have accepted Jesus as the king of our lives, the victory is in us. The victory is won and it's in us no no matter where we come from. No matter how much of an underdog we are, right? No matter how improbable your situation is, no matter what you've done, no matter what was done to you, no matter where you came from or how you even came through these doors, understand this, through Christ, you are an overcomer. In fact, Paul says it this way in Romans, Romans 8, 37. He says, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Think about that, more than conquerors. When you think conquer, you think of somebody that's taken things down, defeated others. Listen, through Christ, we're more than conquerors, right? We're overcomers. And we can overcome all these things. We can overcome all the things that have happened to us. And I want you to understand this through the series. Again, as the series we're going into, obviously we're going into a season of, of the holiday season. We're going into Thanksgiving. We're going into Christmas. And to be honest, this season, as great as it may be and as exciting as it may be, for some of us, we love this season. For some of us, this is a season we hate. For some of us, this is a season that's a reminder of our failures. That's a reminder of our struggles. That's a reminder of our losses. Right? For some of us, as we go into Thanksgiving and Christmas, it's a reminder of our, fan, our financial failures. Maybe we're not going to be able to, to put a great Christmas and to give things that we want to give because we made some financial decisions that weren't great. Right? For some of us, that's where we're living. Right? For some of us, there's some relational decisions that we made that, that have been poor. And right now we're seeing them, right? There's some, there's some strains in our relationship. So right now when we get together with people or not get together with people, it's, it's apparent to us. And it's a hard season, right? It's a hard time to go through this. For some of us, it's, a, it's real clear the loss that we have. For some of us, it's a reminder of our, our close friends, our family who, who have passed away. And it's tough. I mean, even the time change alone last week threw some of us in a funk and got us all kind of messed up, right? But here's what I want you to understand through the series as we're going into this. Through Christ, you are an overcomer. For some of us, we need to write that truth down. For some of us, we need to put it where we see it every single day, right? Instead of dwelling on our past, instead of dwelling on the things uh, that, that really keep us down during this season, let's look to the truth. Let's look to the truth of who we are. So maybe even make these verses, highlight them, make them a memory verse, commit them to memory, put them down somewhere where you see them. Again, 1 John 5, 4, Romans 8, 37, right? Make this the declaration as you face this season. Right? Make this your, your battle cry as you're running up the stairs, just like, i got to bring in one more time, just like Rocky, right? So you get to the top and you can claim that you are an overcomer. 
Right? Through Christ, you're an overcomer. And for the next four weeks, this is what we're going to talk about. Right? We're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about how we can overcome certain areas in our life. We're going to talk about how we can overcome the, the labels and lies that many people have, have probably listened to. The labels and the lies that many of us, we probably held on to and we've said that about ourselves. Somebody may have said something to you. Somebody said something over you. And for years and years and years, that word you've been carrying. Listen, we're going to talk about how you can overcome that. We're going to talk about how you can overcome the fear. For some of us, we live in fear and it's crippling us. It's keeping us from living out what God has intended for us. Right? We're stuck in that fear. We're going to talk about how we can overcome fear. We're going to talk about how we can overcome the comparison trap. I don't know about you, but Christmas time is a great time to fall in the comparison trap. Really, anytime. It's easy for us to fall in this trap, but we are overcomers. Through Christ, we're overcomers. And today, I want to start off, and I want to talk about how we can overcome apathy. Some of you think, like, apathy? I'm checking out on this one already. I don't care, right? Listen, before you get apathetic about apathy, let's just talk a little bit, right? So how many of you guys uh, have ever felt this way before? Let's check this out, right? How many of you have ever felt that way before? Maybe you even sent a, a text message with this meme in there before. It's the feeling of meh. I think a lot of times we get there, right? We have this feeling like, eh, meh, it, it doesn't matter. I don't care. I mean, think about it. How many of you have ever been uh, maybe calling or texting, say, hey, where do you want to eat? Where do you want to eat for dinner? I don't care. Whatever. We get that, right? There's some other things I think that we easily can just say that, like, hey, we don't care. It doesn't matter to me. We go into this feeling, and we oftentimes we can fall into this feeling of meh. This whole thing of like, I couldn't care less. And yes, it's couldn't. If you could care less, then you actually can care less, right? So it's I couldn't care less. I think the truth is we all fall into this, right? I'm guilty of this as well, right? For me, I'll tell you this, I am a, I'm not political whatsoever. So if you are like fired up about politics and you come talk to me, you're gonna, I'm going to look like this. Huh. Like, I don't care, right? That's one of these things that I, could care, I, I couldn't care less about. For, for many of us, I think there's certain things that we get this. I'm even this way with the news. Like there's times that Sarah watches the news every single morning. She puts it on there and she's like intent on it. And like, I'm thinking like, dude, I don't care about this stuff. She'll even ask me questions like, hey, did you see that on the news? I'm like, I wasn't really paying attention because I don't necessarily care about it. Can we switch it to like Golik and Wingo right now? Like that's where I'm going with, right? So there's some things I just don't care about. And the, the weather is another one. So my wife, Sarah, is a, is a nut when it comes to the weather, right? Do we have any other weather nuts around here? I'm talking like this is, this is it. Like we could be in our car with the radio on in the background and we could be in a deep family conversation talking about some serious things that's going to change our kids' lives, right? That's going to make a huge impact on them. It's going to see something they're going to take with them until they're going to pass down to their grandkids. But if the weather comes on and every, everything stops, right? It's like, shh, I don't care about shh, everybody be quiet. Cranks the volume up and she wants to hear the weather. And she's like, did you hear that? What's the weather going to be like? I'm like, I don't care. Listen, we live in Ohio, Put some clothes on, layer up. It's going to change within a couple hours, and the thing you just listened to is going to change as well. Right? I think there's things we don't care about. She does this to me too. This past Tuesday night was a, was a real dilemma in the house. What we're going to watch on TV. So Tuesday nights are Tuesday nights are this is us. But this Tuesday night was the uh, first college football playoff ranking show, so it was, uh, it was tough. We're like, Sarah, we're going to watch the college playoff ranking show together. She's like, I don't care about that. Like, what do you? I'm like. Come on, we can watch it together, and then we can watch This Is Us later, right? No, but she didn't care. The truth is there's things in our life that we just don't care about. There's things, and, and a lot of times we have this feeling of, this feeling of, of apathy, right? This feeling of like, man, it doesn't matter to me. And what it is, it's, it's this overall lack of concern or a lack of interest 
and certain things. And the truth is, in our culture, it, it's, it's really pretty prevalent. I mean, if you think about it, it's almost cool not to care. It's like a badge of honor. Like, that doesn't matter to me. That's not my problem. I'm going to roll with it. But here's what I want to understand. This often leaks into our spiritual lives, and apathy in our spiritual lives is dangerous. Apathy in our relationship with Jesus is dangerous. Apathy and not caring is extremely dangerous in our relationship with those that God's entrusted and put us with and around as well, right? Because it's not how we created. It's not what we're created for. If you look at it, we're not naturally apathetic, right? It's, it's not natural, right? It's not how we were built. It's not how we were made, right? Again, we just completed a series talking about how we were made, and we talked about how we were made in the image of God. And if you look at God, God is not apathetic whatsoever. In fact, he detests apathy. If you look at it in Revelation 3.16, Revelation 3.16, you see Jesus, and he says this in this vision to John. He says, so because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. He's saying he's going to spit us out because of being lukewarm, right? Because of not caring, because of being apathetic. Listen, apathy is a big deal. It's a big deal to God. It's not how he created us for. It's not what he created us for. And oftentimes what it does is it keeps us from, from overcoming. It keeps us from, from being all that God created us to be. As I look through this, usually every sermon I put together, you, I'll get a Bible story and I'll just kind of go along a story and we can see like how God works through this and we connect with the Bible character and stuff. So I was looking through it. I'm like, man, I'm going to go through the Bible, see if I can find anybody that was apathetic and see, what, see how they did something great for God. But what's crazy is you go through all the Bible and this Bible is not filled with any people and characters that are apathetic. It's filled with people who are passionate, passionate for God. If you look at the people that were apathetic, God moved on to the next person. In fact, if you look at the, the best example that I could even find was this guy named Eli, who was a priest in the Old Testament. His stories in 1 Samuel chapter 1, we're not going to go through it all the way. I would challenge you maybe to put, make it a part of your reading plan this week and you can go read it. But you see this guy who becomes apathetic about the things of God. He's a priest, right? But he becomes apathetic about the things of God. So much so that his, his kids were a complete mess. His whole family was a complete mess. And he's just like, eh, meh. But what's God do? God, instead of using him for what he could have been, God takes everything away from him. Gives his ministry, not to his family as was custom back in those days, but gives it to this guy named Samuel. Truth is, God didn't create us to be apathetic. He has so much more for us. Truth is, God created us to be great. And I think some of us, we just settle to be good. We just settle to be good enough. But here's what I think. I think it's a sin to be good when God's called us to be great. God's called us to be an overcomer. He didn't call us to be apathetic. He didn't call us to, to not care. He called us to, again, if you remember, he called us to, to be in community with one another. He called us into relationship with one another, to be connected to one another. To be connected and to be in true community, man, we got to care. Right? We can't be apathetic. God called us to grow. For us to grow and take that next step, we've got to care. Right? We, just, we have to have some concern. It's got to go beyond that. Right? For us to change the world as God's called us to be, we can't be apathetic. Because if you understand anything from today, apathy always makes a way for excuses. Right? Apathy finds excuses. Oftentimes we'll be thinking like, man, I could have done so much more, but because of this. Because of this, it's just an excuse that stems from the apathy. As I'm reminded, so this, just yesterday, I'm going to call Daryl out. So just yesterday, we did a uh, half marathon. It was pretty dumb. 
Um, but we, we did a half marathon through the woods, so it's all trail running, which is even like harder than actually running on pavement. So to do a half marathon, you should probably train. To do a half marathon in the woods, you definitely should train. And there's certain ways you should train about it. But we went with uh, four of us. We all signed up. We're all committed to do this. And then uh, a couple of us trained and a couple of us didn't. I won't call anybody out, but Daryl may have been one that didn't. No, <laughs> he actually told me yesterday, he's like, man, I could have done so much better, right? He's like, I could have done so much better. I felt he's, he, he did a really good job. He's like, but I could have done so much better. I had so much more in me. But you know what? I just didn't train right. Like I, I didn't, and I didn't train right. And he says this, I didn't train right because I work a lot, right? Because I work so many hours. And it's true, he does. But he didn't train right, not because he works a lot, like Everybody works a lot. You could squeeze things in. He didn't train enough, probably because he was apathetic toward the training, because he didn't care enough to put it in. He wanted the end result. He wanted the end result, and he got the end result because he's... But the truth is, that's what happens, right? I think a lot of times, there's a lot of times we have excuses, but that excuse stems from the apathy, because apathy finds an excuse. <laughs> I don't even know where to go with that. <laughs> Apathy finds an excuse though, right? Apathy finds an excuse and it always makes an excuse for, for not living out our purpose, for not living out what we're created for. And oftentimes when we live in apathy, we live in the opposite of what we're created for. Or we don't live as an overcomer, but we, but we live as defeated. Or we live a life beat down. We live a life feeling, feeling just stuck. And for some of us, this is where we are. We're struggling with our purpose. We're struggling with this feeling of being beat down. We're struggling with this feeling of, of being feeling defeated. And for some of us, it's because we're living a life of apathy. And we wrestle with it. And the truth is, it's common. I mean, if you think about it, it's, it's easy to fall in this. I fall in this all the time, but it's easy. Because the truth is, there's a lot of information around. And when we get bogged down with a ton of information, sometimes it's easy to be overwhelmed. And it's hard to be overwhelmed and an overcomer at the same time. Right? It's, it's easy to get bogged down with all this information. And oftentimes, when we're overwhelmed with things, we become apathetic and we just start not caring. I mean, this is one of the reasons I'm, like, I'm apathetic towards politics. This is one of the reasons I don't care about the news. Listen, the news is on every hour of the day on different channels, whether it's through radio, whether it's through TV, whether it's through social media, whether it's through apps, whatever. There's news everywhere. It's coming at you each and everywhere. There's so much information. You're just like, what? After a while, I'm thinking, like, dude, I don't care. And for some of us, that's what we are. There's so much information for us that we just, we got to the point where we just don't care. And we got to the point where we feel helpless as well. Right? I think some of us, we become apathetic because we feel helpless to even make a change. We're thinking, like, what could little old me in, in Newark, Ohio, and Granville, Ohio, Heath, Ohio, Utica, wherever you're from, right? What could little old me do? How can I make a difference? I can't help, so I might as well not care as well. I think from us, we fall into this, right? Another one, I think the truth is, and this is probably where a lot of us, if we're honest with ourselves, this is where we lie. We're just too comfortable. Right? It's really easy to become apathetic when we're comfortable. It's really easy to become apathetic when we, when we have a routine and everything's kind of nice and cozy. And listen, we live in a comfortable world. When you think about it, you can get anything delivered to you with, the, with your fingertips. Or you can have a pizza delivered to you. You don't even have to pick up the phone to call anymore. You have to pick up the phone to get in your app. But you can just do that. You don't even have to have conversations with people, right? And it's not pizza anymore. You should just be the only thing you could get delivered to your door was pizza. You could get anything there. If you saw Caleb's video, that said they had different ways for Wendy's to be delivered to you. You don't even have to drive your car anymore, right? You just chill, right? 
I, it happens. You can have stuff, not just food, but any, like, look, I got beard oil. I've got a nice beard going on, but I got beard oil from Amazon. It was delivered the next day. You can get anything delivered, and we live in a comfortable world, and when we do this, it's hard sometimes for us to connect with others. And when we're not connecting with others, it's hard for us to empathize with others. Right? And it's, so for many of us, we become apathetic instead of empathetic. And the two don't go hand in hand. A lot of times we live in this world of comfort and it keeps us from really empathizing with others and it keeps us in this land of apathy. Another reason too is that if we're honest with ourselves, for some of us, we stop caring because sometimes caring hurts. And for some of us, we've dulled ourselves to the pain. And for some of us, maybe we've been burnt too many times. And for some of us, we might be there in our marriages where we continue to try in our relationship with our wife, with our spouse, we continue to, our, our husband, we continue to try and try, and it, it keeps backfiring us. So rather than caring, we just become apathetic. We just go through the motions. Right? Some of us, our marriages are struggling because of that. We daughter ourselves to the pain. We daughter ourselves from, the, from the, the conflict that we need to face and confront. For some of us, we, we do that even with, with God. For some of us, we're carrying around church hurt, and we've been carrying around for years and years and years. And instead of trying to fix it, instead of trying to face it, we just don't care. We become apathetic. We're just going through the motions. Listen, if you're here, I'm glad you're here, right? If that's you, if, I'm glad you're here. But I don't want to challenge you. I want to challenge you. Don't be so numb. Right? Forgive. Start feeling things again. For some of us, that's where we find us. It's easy to become apathetic. And apathy, it always finds an excuse from us living out our purpose. And it finds an excuse from us living in, in true community. And it finds an excuse to keep us from growing. It finds an excuse from, from really keeping us from changing the world. For some of us, that's where we're at. We're saying, you know what? It's just not worth the effort. The risk is too much. But today, I want to challenge us. I want to challenge us from, from making excuses to moving from our apathy to living a life with passion, to living a life that Jesus planned for each and every one of us, to live a life of an overcomer. Understand this. Apathy finds an excuse, but passion finds a way. Apathy finds an excuse, but passion finds a way. And when I say passion, I mean a righteous passion. For some of us, we know that passion can get us into a little bit of trouble. Right? For some of us, we're still working through the consequences of some dumb passion we had in our youth. Right? Let's just be honest. Right? There's some things that we can be passionate about that can lead us completely away from God. But what we need to do is we need that of our righteous passion, a passion that brings us back to God, a passion that brings us back to the things of God, a passion that really looks like, like the passion that Jesus had when he was here on this earth, that he taught, that he healed, that he gave his life. I'm gave his life. Think about the passion that he would give his life for each and every one of us. That's a righteous passion. And that's what God calls for. That's what it looks like to be great. And again, God calls to be great, not just good. I want to challenge us. I want to challenge us to be overcomers and to live a life beyond apathy, but live a life with passion. And here's how we do it. Number one, we have to find out our why. Find out your why. And when I say this, when I say this action step, this is really a two-part. Right? One part of it is find out why we're apathetic. Like if we live right now, if you're here today and you're struggling with some apathy, you feel like, hey, I'm just being lackadaisical with my spiritual life. I'm being lazy within my marriage. I'm being lazy within the relationships and all these things. If that's where you find yourself, find out why. Like what's the reasoning behind it, right? Maybe for you, maybe you're wise that you're overwhelmed. 
Maybe you just got a lot of things coming at you. Maybe you need to channel some stuff, clear some things out. That way you can have just one or two things that you can become passionate about. Maybe for you, maybe you felt helpless. Maybe you just need a win. The truth is you can make a difference. And the truth is you've probably already made a difference in somebody's life. But you got to remember that. Get a win, right? Instead of feeling helpless, realize that God has chosen you to make a difference in others' lives. Maybe for you, maybe the reason why you feel apathetic is maybe you're just too comfortable. Listen, nobody wants to admit that because it's comfortable being comfortable. But maybe for you, you just got to figure out why you're apathetic. Maybe it's because you're numb in the pain. Whatever it is, I challenge you to figure it out. I find out the why. Recognize it. Recognize that it's hurting you, and then apathy hurts you, but it also hurts those closest to you. So repent of it. Right, humble yourself enough before God. Humble yourself before those that are seeing your apathetic, seeing your apathy, and then repent of that and change. And then find your why to be passionate. Right? Find out what makes you tick. Find out what gets you fired up. Right? Part two of finding your why is finding why you can be passionate. For some of us, that's some soul searching that we need to do. For some of us, that's figuring out kind of, kind of what makes us go. Right? Again, it needs to be a righteous passion. So maybe for us, it's to, to go through Scripture. Find the things that, man, we, we line up with. The things that like, make us go. There, let's just be honest. There's times you can go through the Bible and there's some things, like I'll just be honest, I read them like, huh. But there's some things I get, I get fired up about. Right? There's some things I get, I get excited about. Even planning this church, right? We planted this church over five years ago. The whole purpose was that so those that don't know Jesus can know Jesus. The whole purpose was for those that, that aren't growing with their relationship with Christ was for, for them to grow in their relationship with Christ. In fact, the stats back then in 2014 was there were 68,000 people in Newark, Keith, and Granville that didn't have a relationship with Jesus or didn't have a place where they could grow in that relationship with Jesus. That's why we exist, right? To make a difference. And when you look at it, it says, go and make disciples of all nations. That's a result. And when we're apathetic about it, apathy never leads to results, but passion does. So for me, that's our why. This is the why behind the church. This is what we're always going to do. Some of you are going to say, hey, how, when's, when's enough enough when everybody knows Jesus in this area? And then we'll go to another area, right? That's what it's about. That's the why. And for some of us, we have to find our why. And for some of us to find our why is to really to know who we are. And let me just give, me, give you a scripture that says who you are. If you are a believer of Jesus, and if you're not a believer of Jesus, we're going to give you an opportunity. It's open for you. Jesus died for all. But if you're a believer of Jesus, this is who you are. And it says it in 1 Peter 2.9. It says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Maybe for you to break your spiritual apathy is to know who you are, to find your why, and your why is the fact that you are God's special possession. Listen, God gave his son for you. Gave his one and only son for you. Listen, I'm going to be honest. I don't know if I'd give my son for any of you. The cost is too much. But for God, that was the cost. That's the cost. Understand that. That means you're his special possession. The higher the cost, the more special the possession is. For God, the cost was extremely high. You are a special possession. Maybe you're wise to realize that you are God's special possession. If you look at it again, it says you are a royal priesthood. It's who you are. And if you think about a priest, what's he do? The priest invites and ushers those in the presence of God. It's not just to sit around, it's not just to not care, but it's enough to show others who God is to engage, to actively and passionately bring others into his presence, right? Listen, I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you. You're a royal priesthood. It's not just me. I'm not a royal priesthood just because I stand up here. We all are. 
We're all called to invite and usher those into the presence of God. So again, invite, invest, bring others into it. And that goes beyond just throwing an invite card out a window. Make sure it's at least open. Come on, Caleb. Right? But I challenge you. Just find your why and then live it out. Another one, it says that, that you declare his praises. Maybe for you, your why is to declare his praises. When people see you declaring his praises, they're going to ask questions. Like, don't do it weird, but do it in a normal way, right? It's with your lifestyle. With the way that maybe you're positive and upbeat, the fact that you're, that you're worshiping him through how you respond, how you act, how you treat others. Right? Again, it could be part of music. That could be the music that you listen to. People overhear that and be like, hey, that's cool. What is that, right? That's, but I challenge you. I challenge you. Find your why and then live it out, whether that's the fact that you are a special possession, whether that's that you're part of the royal priesthood, whether that's you're called to worship him in everything you do. Find out your why. Find out what makes you tick. Not for selfish desires, but for godly desires. Right? Find it out. And then number two, get uncomfortable. Right? Find out your why, then get uncomfortable with it. Right? One of the blessings, again, is, is our comfort, but it's also a curse. It's often what keeps us from really living out purpose. It's what keeps us from, from living what God created us to do. It's what can keep us really in a funk. So I challenge you, get uncomfortable and stay that way. Right? Consistently expose yourself to something that creates a righteous discomfort. Get uncomfortable. Get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Right? And keep living it out. You look throughout the Bible, again, it's not filled with people who are apathetic. It's filled with people who are uncomfortable. I mean, all the way back to Moses, you look at him. Moses had every opportunity to stay in the Egyptian's palace and be comfortable his whole life. But instead, he saw a Hebrew get mistreated. So he goes and stands up for him, which led him to being outcast and put in the, in the desert for 40 years. Then he comes back and he tries to lead his people out and he gets stuck in the desert again. He, if you look at the story of Moses, he was consistently uncomfortable. You look at the story of anybody throughout the Bible, they're consistently uncomfortable. In fact, Jesus himself says even to be a follower of him, he says we got to get uncomfortable. Matthew 16, 24 through 25, it says, then Jesus says to disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it. Whoever loses their life for me will find it. So I don't know about you, but denying myself is uncomfortable. Taking up a cross does not seem too comfortable to me. Giving my life is not something that just seems real comfortable. But it's how we live as overcomers. It's how we live with righteous passion. So I want to challenge you, get uncomfortable. I think one of the lies we believe the most is that it's easier not to care. Right? That it's better just not to get involved. But the truth is, that's a lie. That may be comfortable, but it's a lie. And it's not how we are created. It's not how we're made. It's not living the life of an overcomer. See, the truth is it's easier to hurt with a purpose than to exist without one. And some of us, we're figuring that out. For some of us, we're struggling with purpose. We feel like we don't have one, and, 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 it's, and it's tough. So I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to hurt with a purpose. Get uncomfortable with a purpose. Right? Don't just be rich in blessings, but be blessed with a burden and get uncomfortable with it. Think about what's the cross that you need to take on. What's an area in your life where you need to get uncomfortable? What's a prayer that you need to say where God bless me with a burden and let me walk in it, right? Let me be uncomfortable so I can live with passion. And so for you, maybe that's changing some of your routine up. Spend a little more time with God. You might, might even have to get up earlier. Like what if you set your alarm 15 minutes earlier and started praying and reading? That would be crazy. For some of us, I'm, an, I'm a morning person, so I kind of like that. For me, what if, what if I stayed up later? Right? What if we changed our routine up enough to, to make us uncomfortable? And what if we, we did it for the sake of God, for a righteous passion? For some of us, maybe, maybe we need to serve. 
Maybe again, we feel helpless, but you know what? You, you don't know unless you serve. You don't know unless you actually try to help. And for some of us to get uncomfortable, maybe we just need to, to serve in some capacity. Maybe for us, to, it's, to, it's to share a story. Again, I talked about this last week. I think all of us, we, we have a story. One of the most uncomfortable things to share how God showed up and, and just share part of our story with us, but it's what God uses more than anything else. See, here's the truth. Nobody can argue your story. Nobody can argue what God did for you. It's your story and it makes a difference more than anything else. Get uncomfortable, right? Share your story. Maybe for you to become more regular at church. Right? Maybe it's for you to get more regular at, at life groups and actually doing community with it. Whatever it is, I challenge you to get uncomfortable. And then number three, stay focused. Right? In, our, in our spiritual lives, we have to stay focused. It's so easy for us to track and chase down things. And listen, I'm like the king of ADD. I'll find a squirrel. I'll chase it as fast as I can, right? But we got to stay focused. We have to find out our why. We've got to get uncomfortable with it, and then we've got to stay focused in on it. If you look at Paul, this is what he did. And this is why Paul made such an impact and made such a change. It's why half the New Testament was written by him. Because Paul continually stayed focused. You don't know Paul. Paul was a religious leader, and he's a Jewish leader, and so much so that he actually was against all Christians before he encountered Jesus. In fact, he even, he even set up some of the, the deaths of some of the Christians. So he was, he's, a, he's an aggressive guy. But then Jesus showed up, blinded him, showed him who he was, and then changed everything. And Paul realized that who Jesus was wasn't only for him, but all his other people, all the people that he used to come, all the people that were part of his, his heritage as well. And Paul stayed focused in on it. Romans 9, 1 through 4, it says, I speak the truth in Christ. I'm not lying. My conscience confirms it through the Holy Spirit. I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart. For I wish I could that myself were cursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my people, those of my own race. Paul was focused on, on sharing Jesus with his own race. Right? Paul knew what he was called to do when he stayed focused on it. And because of it, again, half the New Testament was written. So I want to challenge you to find your why and then stay focused on it. Right? Find your why and if it's uncomfortable, don't worry. Get uncomfortable. Stay uncomfortable by staying focused on it. Find your why, and then stay focused on it. And rather making a, a, little, a little difference in many places, start making a big difference, just a few. Right? Hone in on something. Channel in on something. I challenge you to stay focused. When we do, we'll overcome apathy. Again, apathy finds an excuse, but passion finds a way. So this week, I'm going to challenge you. This season, I want to challenge you to live with passion. Live with the righteous passion. Right? Don't just find an excuse, but find a way. Right? Find a way through the power of God. And again, it starts with prayer. Maybe for you this week, maybe your prayer should just start off asking God, help me find my why. Right? God, help me to get uncomfortable. God, help me to stay focused today. When we have those prayers, we can live a life as an overcomer. In fact, what I want to do today as we close off, I want to challenge you with a prayer. And I want to pray a prayer over you. That's actually, it's a Franciscan blessing. So if you're here today, maybe for you, maybe this is where you are. Maybe in your spiritual life, maybe in your life, with, even in your relationships, maybe you found yourself apathetic. If that's you, we're not going to do anything, call you up front. I'm not going to have you raise your hand. But what I'm going to have you do is I'm going to have you just at your seat. I'm going to have you put your hands out like this. And then as we pray this prayer, I want to pray this blessing over you. So if you're here today and that's, and that's where you are, you feel like, man, I'm just, you know what? I feel stuck. I feel defeated. I feel broken. 
I don't feel like an overcomer because I've been living this apathetic life. I just want you to put your hands out like this. Dearly Father, God, may you bless. May God bless you with discomfort at easy answers, half-truths, and superficial relationships so that you may live deep within your heart. May God bless you with anger at injustice, oppression, and exploitation of people so that you may work for justice, freedom, and peace. May God bless you with tears to shed for those who suffer from pain, rejection, starvation, and war, so that you may reach out your hand to comfort them and turn their pain to joy. And may God bless you with enough foolishness to believe that you can make a difference in this world so that you can do what others claim cannot be done. In Jesus' name, we pray that blessing over everyone here who's struggling with that. Amen. You would at this time, as we close, pull out the connection card in the seat back in front of you. Maybe here today, and maybe for you, God's speaking to you right now. He's asking you to do something. He's asking you to address some area where you've been apathetic in your life. What I want to do is I want to challenge you to write that down so that we can journey along. We can pray for you as you're going through this. Maybe today, maybe for you, maybe your first step is to make a decision for Jesus. Again, there's a place where you can say, I want to make a commitment to follow God. Challenge you to checkmark that box. There's also a place for prayer requests as well. If you would take a moment to, to fill this out and also get any ties or offerings ready, and then Daryl will be up to explain the next steps. Thank you for listening to the Life Change Church podcast. If you were here today and you were listening and you made a decision to follow Christ, we would love to hear about it. Or maybe you're here and you're listening and that God is asking you to make the next step with whatever that it is in your life. We would love to hear about it and partner up with you. If you would, go to www mylifechangechurch.com and under the media section please fill out the contact us information and let us know if you made a decision to follow Christ let us know what God is asking of you and if you need prayer we would love to partner up with you in prayer as well we hope that you enjoyed the podcast and that it both encouraged and challenged you have a great week